temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Aloha! I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. So many things to feel good about. Tua Tengavailoa saying aloha to Miami. Drafted him last night along with two other great players. And by the end of the weekend, the Dolphins could have 12 more draft picks on their roster, or at least signed to their roster, or at least headed to their roster, however you want to look at it. Whoo! Plus, it's Friday. And even though it's topsy-turvy times, the weekend is here, so why not celebrate and enjoy? I'm going to bring you into it by playing some reggae throughout the show. Once again, making you feel good on a Friday. Going to feel extra good because we're going to be checking in with the Joe Rose Show. They're talking to NFL insider Mike Florio about you know what? Dan Labatard Show. They're talking with Bill Walton. Yes, the big redhead. He gives us some insights on life. And then Hawk and Crowder. Celebrate good times. Come on. Plus, maybe some Huckman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers the week that was on the Hawk and Crowder Show. So right now, with all that being said and all that ahead of us, let's get to some headlines. Last night, the Dolphins drafted Alabama QB Tua Tangabailoa, USC O-lineman Austin Jackson, and Auburn corner Noah Igbananagami. Miami still has 12 picks in the NFL draft. Myers Leonard says his injured ankle is getting much better. He's a free agent at the end of the season. Both the Marlins and Inter-Miami plan to hold weekly drive through food distributions through May. The team's websites have details. Panthers president Matt Caldwell claims the NHL is eyeing a July restart. Nothing has been finalized. The Miami Dolphins cheerleaders will hold virtual tryouts due to the coronavirus lockdown. Ooh, hope they live stream. No Canes football players were drafted in the first round last night. Experts do believe several Canes players will be taken in the draft, which continues today and tomorrow. And now after a long week, or just a long week of boredom, Let's step into the day spa. <sighs> a 68-year-old woman in Nigeria has given birth to twins. Now that's my hot mess of the day. A dog in Australia has given birth to 21 pups. That'll keep you occupied during coronavirus. A London man is attempting to set a world record by clapping for 24 hours straight. Sure, that's a full Friday, but what do you do with the rest of your weekend during quarantine? Also during quarantine, a woman, the boredom got the best of her when she self-tanned herself in zebra stripes. Whew, another hot mess of the day. Now on to weather. 
Tonight's forecast calls for rain with temperatures around 80. Waking up this morning, kind of like waking up on Christmas morning. Oh, as a Dolphins fan, so many great gifts, but yet so many great gifts to come. The draft continues, and the Miami Dolphins have not disappointed. And I'm saying this, they're not going to disappoint. So Joe Rose, giddy as a little schoolgirl, woke up this morning with Zach Krantz. Not in the same bed, separate houses, called up. NFL insider Mike Florio, and what do they talk about? Ah, that smokescreen that seemed to get us all. Also, agents violating the stay-at-home order during the draft, the surprises of the draft, and the Jordan Love controversy. Oh, come on, man. You know everything nationally and locally is Tua. We, uh, what do you think about the way Chris Greer handled the last couple of weeks, kind of giving everybody apparently messages that they were going about 19 different ways with that pick? That's the best way to do it. Keep everyone guessing, keep everyone on their toes, and what you do is you minimize, if not eliminate, the risk someone is going to try to jump you to get the guy you want, right? Now, there was some indication that they were looking at Tua, I think, when Armando Salguero reported the other day that the Dolphins doctors were comfortable with Tua's health situation. That could be regarded as just a way to get the fan base ready for what was coming. But even then, they were keeping their options entirely open. And I'm convinced that Stephen Ross wanted Joe Burrow. I don't know what was ever offered by way of hard dollars, or not dollars, but by draft pick. I have heard some talk that maybe they were exploring other possibilities like offering dollars. You can't pay for those kinds of trades, though, like the John Gruden trade that went from Oakland to uh, Tampa Bay back in 2002. You can't do that for players, but I at least heard that possibility. And I even heard the possibility of the Dolphins picking a guy at number five, paying his signing bonus, and then trading him to the Bengals for Burrow without his signing bonus paid by the Bengals. Just just as an wow. enticement for a team that is very, very, very sensitive to monetary issues. But what, and, and hopefully it comes out. It probably won't because at this point the Dolphins have no incentive to undermine the fact that they have Tua. But I'd love to know whatever wow. specifically was offered by the Dolphins to the Bengals to try to get Joe Burrow. The show was pretty clean last night for everybody worried about it. I, I thought that was four hours of, uh, of pretty clean stuff considering we had people all over the place at homes all over the country. What would you think? Well, you want to hear my rant about it? You may not want to hear it because I'm amazed that this is a polarizing issue. But, Joe, I saw too many scenes last night of people who weren't members of the household and way too many people in a room, people too close together, oh, yeah. no way question. too many agents, agents. Half the half the guys who were taken last night, their agents were in the rooms with them, violating a stay-at-home order to travel, violating the stay-at-home order in the place where the guy is. I mean, what in the hell? Listen, if you're the NFL, how do you on one hand show a high degree of sensitivity to this situation and the damage that it has caused to every sector of society? Right. And just shrug. Not even, not even shrug. Just nonchalantly these images they clearly violate not just the social distancing guidelines but the stay-at-home orders i, I was astounded by it i just wonder because i did we saw that too i mean we'd be lying if we didn't see the big but families nobody said but anything about it what if the big families are all like together like i got five in this house you know my daughters are home and so what do you say if there's like eight nine of those people been living together if they're all in the same household that's fine what when the agent come, i don't think the agent's living with the player I would guess that for some of those where it looked like there were 10, 12, 15 people there, all those people aren't living in the same house. If they are, fine. But, you know, the NFL sent out guidelines, and I'm surprised. And we asked ESPN about it. They haven't given us a formal comment. The NFL hasn't responded. I'm surprised they activated the cameras in the places where 
what was coming through the camera violated what they told them. That it had to be people from the same household, and it couldn't be more than six in the shot. Joe Burrow complied. I don't think anybody else did. Yeah, it was interesting because we did hear before the draft that they weren't going to show any of those scenes of any of the players at that point for that reason. Top 15 picks in the draft, was there anything that surprised you? Well, 15 is pretty broad. I mean, I was surprised by Tua and 5, obviously. I was surprised by the decision of the Raiders to take Henry Ruggs third at number 12, although he had told me earlier this week he was hearing constantly from the Raiders, the Broncos, and the 49ers to go with the speed guy. When you look back at the fastest receivers at the scouting combine over the past 20 years, those guys typically are busts. And if Ruggs ends up being a great receiver, he's going to be going against Brain. Now, you know, I, I don't know if he slides around four, does he end up being a better receiver? I don't know. I, I don't know what the correlation is between straight line speed and good receiver play. I think it's more complicated than that. You have to have the ability to stop and start and accelerate quickly. Look at Tyreek Hill, who can go from his full right. speed to standing still to exploding at the full speed. So it's not just how fast can you get moving in a straight line. But that one kind of surprised me with all those great receivers. The fact that C.D. Lamb lasted as long as he did and the fact that the Raiders passed over him, put ahead him, went with rugs. It puts a lot of pressure. In a year with a lot of great receivers, you're the first one taken. It puts a lot of extra pressure on you to really handle that uh, status and live up to it. And I would say for receivers sometimes, especially when there's a lot of good ones that get taken in round one, it's almost better to go in round two because you end up with a chip on your shoulder like a Michael Thomas that that you never would have had. It pushes you to a level of performance you never would have otherwise achieved because you're satisfied with being a first-round pick instead of being pissed off that you're a second-round pick. Right. And the only reason why, by the way, Mike, I said 15 is because I think 16, 17, 19, and 21 uh, all were kind of questionable. And I mean, 17, by the way, that C.D. Lamb dropped, but A.J. Terrell or, uh, you know, at 16 and then 19th pick, uh, the cornerback from Ohio State that went uh, to the Raiders and even 21, the wide receiver uh, to the Eagles, Jalen Rager. I just thought that those were kind of all questionable if you look. If you're going by social media and fans, they were all questionable picks, but I knew in the top 15, I didn't see too many uh, crazy picks like sometimes you always see that one guy that no one's ever thinking about I didn't really see that last night it almost went by chalk because there weren't any trades in the top 10 the Jalen Rager pick by the Eagles that was explained by GM Howie Roseman as being a guy who fits with the skill set of Carson Wentz that's why they fell in love with him even though they very well may have been the only team that had a round one grade on Jalen Rieger. And Arnett, the Ohio State defensive back who went 19th to the Raiders, no one had him in the round one of their mock drafts. You know, it's funny. We look at it differently this year than we did last year when the Raiders did something outside the box. Last year when the Raiders went outside the box and took Cleveland Farrell at number four, my, my reaction was, well, uh, we didn't know that Farrell was a top five guy because Mike Mayock's no longer in the media to tell us he's a top right. five guy. But Farrell didn't play well last year. Now it's now it's different. Now it's like, man, man, does Mayock really know what he's doing? So uh, pressure on the Raiders to get the most out of that pick, especially because they acknowledged after the fact. They could have traded down and gotten him later. They just didn't want to run the risk of not getting him. You never know who else loves a guy, uh, and sometimes you don't want to find out the hard way. You're not the only one who had a high opinion of a player that you're thinking about taking at one spot and tempted to go down lower and take later. I didn't think the Dolphins would be involved in two quarterback picks in that first round, but somehow, some way, they always will be in the history books if something does happen in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Uh, was that a shocker to you? I mean, not a shocker to me the Dolphins traded out because I guess they still got the guy they wanted uh, at 30, but Jordan Love going to Green Bay, no wide receiver, no running back, no tight end. They picked another quarterback. How do you think that's going to go in Aaron Rodgers' eyes right now? Or his head? That was the biggest woe moment of the night for me. That right. without question. 
blindsided by it, and the idea that the Packers would trade up four spots, take Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers under the second year of a, of a multi-year contract that has him in the top three or four quarterbacks in the NFL, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Because here's what's going to happen. I mean, we've all paid enough attention to Aaron Rodgers over the past 15 years to know that he's sensitive. And he's so sensitive that he's sensitive about being called sensitive. And 60 Minutes found that out the hard way several years ago when they did a feature on him, and they ran the clip about him being so sensitive about being sensitive that he's sensitive about being sensitive, and he got sensitive about that. Right. And the people at 60 Minutes responded by saying, you proved our point. What's going to happen now is I think this Jordan Love thing, depending upon how the Packers handle it, but I don't know if there's a good way to handle it. What do you do? How do you make this better? When Aaron Rodgers has said he wants to play Packers the rest of his career, he wants to play into his 40s. They, they moved up to get Jordan Love. They don't intend to keep him on the bench for the next five years. How do you make this right with Aaron Rodgers, and how do you avoid poisoning the relationship to the point where Aaron Rodgers doesn't come in one day and basically say, I am breaking up with you? Right. If he knows what's coming, if he knows what the, what the Packers eventually are going to do, he is going to fall out of love with them, and he is going to be looking for a way out. And he's going to look at what Brett Favre did. He's going to look at what Tom Brady did. He's going to look at what Peyton Manning did. All different circumstances in their own way. But this is a team that's gone out and drafted the replacement of a guy who has never said thinking about retiring like Favre was. That's why they drafted Aaron Rodgers 15 years ago because Favre was, was talking openly about will I or won't I play every single year. Rodgers has never said anything other than I want to stay here for the rest of my career. So this is the first serious shot across the bow Packers have ever fired and it's, I don't think it's going to go well. And it's going to either happen quickly or it's going to take a while, but I don't think it's going to go well. So now with that said, uh, with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, because the first thing that came to my mind, and maybe I'm just poisoned by New England after all these years, was first thing that came to my mind was Aaron Rodgers is going to be out soon and New England's going to strike and somehow get Aaron Rodgers. Am I just crazy or is just New England just haunted me for 20 years? What this does, see, Aaron Rodgers never wants to be viewed as the villain. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's always, he's always towed the party line. He's always done the contract that helps the team. He's, he's never said anything to suggest he doesn't want to be in Green Bay. But now that Green Bay is suggesting that they don't want to be in business with Aaron Rodgers, he, he, it's on the table. It's fair game. And I, I don't know that I'd be stunned if he tries to make a power play now. But at the same time, I was stunned by what happened last night. Degrees of being stunned. I think that, and there will be naysayers who say, oh, you're making too much out of this. No, I think that, look, the Packers are big boys. They know what they're doing. And they pulled the pin on this grenade. It's going to provide us with plenty of fodder for conversation as this offseason continues. And whenever football comes back, Jordan Love hovering over the shoulder of Aaron Rodgers is going to be something that, uh, who knows, maybe it pisses him off and they, they end up winning another Super Bowl or two. But at right. the same time, at some point, he's going to say, I want out before the Packers can say to him, we want you out. Mike, as always, thanks. Thank you for coming on this morning. I know you were really, really busy, but I got to tell you, you got to go back to work. You got two more days of draft. We'll talk to you later. All right. See you, man. Thanks. It's NFL draft after NFL draft after NFL draft. But next, we're going to step away, take a little breather with this. Would you please be kind enough to tell us what happens to us after we die? I'm not sure, Dan. I haven't tried that yet. The Dan Lebitard Show and Bill Walton. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. Five minutes away on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am a Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. 
Oh yeah, that island music make you feel good. And although Bob Marley from a different island than Tua Tangabaloa still got to feel good. Ah, a man that's always on an island, Dan Lebetard. A man that's even more so on an island, NBA great Bill Walton. He joined the show earlier today talking about what happens to us after we die. Also, we learned some things about the big redhead, the big deadhead, the psychedelic warrior, and his medical health. So Bill Walton, when he was on with us last time, you'll remember, uh, he is hosting an intergalactic Bike for Humanity event. It's going to benefit victims of the coronavirus and healthcare workers tomorrow. If you want more information, you go to bikeforhumanity.com. If you want to support Bill Walton's wonderful appearances on our show, which we all very much enjoy, Bill Walton is on the latest episode of Stupidity, talking to Frank Caliendo. If you want to support something that Bill Walton cares about because bill walton cares about people bikeforhumanity.com is where you can go he is hosting an intergalactic bike for humanity event to benefit victims of the coronavirus and healthcare workers tomorrow night before we get to that though bill and thank you again for joining us would you please be kind enough to tell us what happens to us after we die i'm not sure dan i haven't tried that yet and i thought i was going to die and then I was afraid I was going to live and that this was what I was going to be stuck with. And those are terrible places to be. And while I've been flummoxed since my last appearance on your great show about what is life, now we start with death today. And I choose life. And I, when I was going through my spine challenges and maladies and failure and collapse, which was an ongoing thing, but really came to a head on February 24th, 2008, not that I remember the date, I thought I was going to die. And then I wanted to die. And then I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to live and this is what I'm stuck with. And so then I got all better. And so I've spent the rest of my life, the last 11 years since my spine surgery, which was February 8, 2009, trying everything I can to maximize that life. When you face death, as I have, you're forever changed and you and you lose a lot of fear. Now, now fear is a very real thing, and I still have it, particularly when I come on this show, because I'm a stutterer, and learning how to speak is my greatest accomplishment in life and your worst nightmare, but it is never easy, whether it's a television show, whether it's a corporate event, whether it's speaking to anyone, anywhere, at any time. Now, as I try to overcome my fears, I understand the surest way to get out of that space, because right now, everybody I talk to is terrified about COVID-19. This is the most serious and daunting opponent that I I have ever faced, and I'm healthy. Imagine what it's like if you're food insecure, if your health is, is precarious to begin with, and all the different things that we're, we're faced with. But I do know that as I don't want to die, but at some point it is going to come. I don't know how it's going to come, but you know, everything we do, everything has risk, has uncertainty, has the, the, the real chance of absolute failure. I intend to go trying. I am always going to do whatever I can to 
keep it going because all I ever wanted in life was more. So now I have a situation where I am healthy and so I'm doing everything I can to keep it going. Sustainability in all aspects of my life and uh, and other people's as well, the people who I'm responsible for, but also the people who are part of our, our community. Our community is humanity. And so that's why I do what I do and that's why I, I try my absolute best to figure out what life is and then what happens on the other side. The, the, the best thing I read uh, it w- was uh, Timothy Egan. Timothy Egan, one of my all-time favorites. His most recent book, Pilgrimage to Eternity, where a lot of the things that, that you ask, you want to talk about, you know, he addresses. And it is a fabulous, fabulous book that covers literally every topic that I have interest in. Now, did that answer any part of your question? Um, uh, only about half of it. I was hoping for about twice as much, but you can help him help <laughs> humanity with the Intergalactic Bike for Humanity event to benefit victims of coronavirus and healthcare workers. It's tomorrow. If you want more information, we love talking to this guy for that very reason right there. Go to bikeforhumanity.com. You mentioned something very serious, though. You said in so much pain that you wanted to die. That's Correct. where you were with surgery. With my spine failure and collapse. I spent half my adult life in the hospital, all my adult life in chronic constant pain until my spine surgery. The early part of that time was spent in joint and bone pain, which is completely different than nerve pain. Have you ever had the nerve pain that radiates throughout your whole body that can only be described as being submerged into a vat of scalding acid that has an electrifying current running through it and you can never get out? It's not like a light switch that you can just turn it off. It's not like you can take a pill and it goes away. It never goes away. And if you have not experienced that, if you had not had that, you have no idea what it is like and and how just devastatingly awful it is and you can do nothing about it. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy all the time now because that is gone. When my spine surgeon, Steve Garfin at UCSD Health in San Diego, when he went inside my body right to the core, I've never met anybody who woke up in the morning and said, hey, I just think I'll go down to the hospital day and have spine surgery, right? This is the biggest time stuff in the world. Eight and a half hours four incisions and he took all the junk out he straightened my spine he realigned my spine he put all the new pieces in and then he went in and he bolted it all back together and here I am today and I and I'm going full speed I mean it's incredible what has happened to me but that level of joy and happiness and exaltation and celebration that's a privilege a privilege that carries with it duty, obligation, and responsibility to pass that on. And I try to do that with my personality. I try to do that with my actions. I try to do that with my interaction with everyone I come across. Because when I was down, whether it was my wife, Lori, whether it was my children, whether it was my friends, whether it was Jim Gray, whether it was the Grateful Dead who would call every day and say, don't give up, Bill. Don't give up. You can make it. I didn't think I was going to make it. I didn't want to make it. It was just too hard. And I see 
very similar things to what's going on right now with the uncertainty, the doubt, the risk, the failure, uh, the absolute nightmare of COVID-19. And, and the similarities are eerie. But this time, I'm healthy, so I'm doing whatever I can, including again, calling you up every day and trying to answer some of your questions. Again, he is it. hosting an intergalactic Bike for Humanity event to benefit victims of coronavirus and healthcare workers. It's tomorrow. For more information, go to bikeforhumanity.com. Bill, always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, uh, next week, if we can, we asked you one question last week. We asked you two questions this week. Maybe next week we can get to three questions. Three questions so, next week. So last week it was, what is life? This week is, what is after death? If you can give me a little bit of a leeway or a, a, a heads up as to what the question was, because I am, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of everything. Mostly I'm guilty of smiling on a cloudy day, but I am not very smart. <laughs> I don't That's think quickly true. on my feet, not and true. and I'm a stutterer. So no, no. I got a we're lot of things I'm trying right, to overcome. Bill, Bill, you're great. We love talking to you. And what I'm I telling love Dan you, Dan Here I we will go. Give, I will give Do you God. a week. I, I will give you a week to prepare for this. <laughs> next week, we're going to ask you, "Have you seen a ghost?" Okay, that's what we're going to ask you next. That's week. the question. You got a week. Okay. Yes, yeah, uh, we'll, a week. we can't wait for your answer. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, very good. Bill Walton hosting an intergalactic bike for humanity event to benefit victims of coronavirus and healthcare workers. Uh, Mike is mad at me for being a grief eater and asking a follow up question. But I mean, when he <laughs> says he's in so much pain, he wanted to die. It feels like it begs a follow up question. If, if my responsibility is a journalist, I mean, it wasn't my responsibility to slather cream on my nipples when he said it, but I asked the follow up <laughs> question as the grief eater that I had to ask. Very nice right there. A lot of people say when Bill Walton talks, they go, huh? But to me, it just makes sense. But I'm that type of guy. And also, I used some bug repellent in my bedroom last night and I went to sleep and I've been dizzy all day long. So the more Bill Walton kind of rambles on, the more it kind of makes sense to me. Huh? If that makes sense to you, follow me at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Speaking of, huh? Hawk and Crowder next. Your new Dolphins cornerback is pronounced Noah Igbin Nagini. No. All right. <laughs> I know when to fold them. They'll try to get it right in just five minutes. Hold tight. This is the best of the Joe Show. This is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. And you got to be feeling good with Miami area's own Jacuzzi Fuzz. This song called In Orbit. We're going to fly into the sun until our makeshift wings melt off. God, that makes you feel good. Island music, and we've got a new island quarterback. Although he's not from Jamaica, he is from the other island. Well, another island over there in Hawaii, but now making Miami his home. He likes the weather. Can't blame him for that. Feeling good with this music, even though last night, like I said, I did some bug killer in my room, and maybe fumes got into my bloodstream, and I'm kind of loopy today. So I'm going to step aside. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to have our Hawkman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers, kind of the week that was on the Hawk and Crowder show. But let's get to the celebration that was earlier today on Hawk and Crowder. Tua, 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 Tua. The Dolphins are alive now. And Igbenogany, Igbenogany. Say it three times fast. Igbenogany.
I wonder if this is one of the most unbelievable smoke screens that any team has ever pulled off. With all we're hearing about this, Chris Greer has done an amazing job of throwing out BS information. I enjoy it. Double O Greer. He knows what we're thinking before we're thinking it. <laughs> Look out, man. It's Double O Greer. It's Double O Greer. Double O Greer. Double O Greer. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tungavalawa. Successful mission by Double O Greer. <laughs> Brought him home, baby. Brought him back to us to South. OMG. Tua Tangavaloa is the Miami Dolphins quarterback of the future. I am so happy. I have been happy since last night when it was announced. This really, I believe, changes the fortunes of the Miami Dolphins for many seasons. Do you have our song, Solana? There's a song that we always go to for very big celebratory moments in South Florida. Sports in the hands Oh my God. The tears are streaming down my face. Face. Polynesian tears! Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, crank it up, Solana. This is a big one for all of Miami. Long time. Man, we didn't know if we'd have this feeling, and now we get to feel it. You don't ever feel this way for an offensive tackle. No. They were, they were the bunch of them sitting there at 5-2. I said, oh, oh. We had our uh, virtual draft party last night with all the radio hosts. And, I mean, I'm screaming, do the right thing, Greer. Do the right thing. And when they announced it, that was one of the most insane smoke screens that I can recall in NFL draft history. I mean, they, they had people yesterday, people we respect as journalists, saying there's no way they're taking Tua. And the entire time they were taking Tua. They did a brilliant job. They did. We, were at, we, we asked that question yesterday, Hog. We talked about it for a while. They evaluated Tua. They figured out this was their target. This was their guy. And when they, as soon as they figured it out and locked it in, then they started lying to everybody in the football world. It was genius. I'm telling you, I'm giving a lot of credit to Chris Greer today. Oh, my goodness. Have to give credit to Chris Greer. Have to give credit to Brian Flores. I will tell you, you sensed at the end of last season, the Brian Flores era was going to be different, right? There there was something about the way this team hung together, and you talked about it a number of times, how where Cam Cameron had lost the locker room, and very easy in a season like the Dolphins were experiencing last season, that, that a, a lesser coach could have easily lost a locker room, certainly a first-year coach. Mm -hmm. And they really seemed to be playing harder by the end of the season, which was miraculous. And then you get into the offseason, and then you get towards the draft, and we all think they did well during free agency, right? I don't think that there was any uh, any boneheaded moves, nope. and I think there were some really good acquisitions. And then you get to this draft month, 
And it started, you know, April 1st. We said there's going to be misinformation. And, and we're not the only ones. Obviously, every legitimate journalist, of which we are not, every legitimate journalist knows smoke screens, keep yourself aware, don't get fooled by misinformation. And they did such a good job masking their desire to draft Tua Tagovailoa that they had some of the best journalists in football running like they're like they're, they're chickens with their heads cut off. I mean, people didn't yeah. know if they were coming or going. And I really believe that is a testament to Brian Flores, his years of grooming within the Patriots organization. I think it speaks to me that they were all kind of on the same page, right? That there wasn't, I don't know difference of opinion in what the important move was. The important move, they had plenty of draft picks last night. The important move was getting that quarterback and uh, and they really did uh, they really did fool everyone and probably save themselves from having to trade and, and grab the number three spot, say, because had they let it be known how interested they were in Tua, well, maybe that makes the Chargers more interested. Maybe that makes the Packers more interested. You know, they took Jordan Love. Like, so they played it close to the vest. I love it. I am such a fan of what the Dolphins did last night, and I'm such a fan of them moving forward. I, ju I just think this is such a great sign. They did exactly what we said they were going to do when the season was over. I'm talking about January. We talked about it. They're going to get a, a quarterback, hopefully Tua. They're going to get a tackle to protect Tua. And then I, I thought they were going to go safety with uh, Xavier McKinney, boy from Alabama, but I knew they had to go DB. So we said what they're going to do, and then they took months to make us not think the obvious and you brought it up a number of times i think we were talking about the play the teams overthinking we were overthinking after as i was watching last night i was like bro we talked about quarterback tackle on five and 18 we talked about that for months and then the smoke screens got us and now we're well let's trade up to three let's have three and five they set where they were and actually traded back which i think was genius when that what um knowing yep. green bay wanted to get jordan love traded back got another fourth round pick now that is now that's 15 picks we have in this draft and a bunch of high ones. We have, what, two tonight or four tonight, whatever it is. We overthought. Chris Greer and them had locked in what they were going to do from months ago, and then we got caught up. Bro, Chris Greer, Reggie McKenzie. Brian Flores even had the poker face when he was sitting there with his sons. His I mean, sons, you had no idea. You, you had know, no his, idea they were selecting him. His sons are having a good time. He's still sitting there with the confused, the, the concerned face. I'm like, boy if they say tackle at five. Because remember, Andrew Thomas went to New York, pick four. So I'm like, please don't make a run on tackles. Don't just start this run on tackles. And then they said Tua, Tonga Vailoa, and we talked about it last night on the Party Hawk. The Tonga Vailoas looked like they didn't know what was about to happen either. It was crazy. It was such a great night. I, uh, I'm so thrilled to be a Dolphins fan. I think that you have gotten, I mean, if you watched any of the national media today, Tua Tonga Vailoa was the guy most talked about. Yeah. You got potentially the number one overall pick, number five. You didn't have to do anything. All this notion that, well, because they uh, let Ryan Fitzpatrick play instead of Josh Rosen last season, they did everything wrong. They put the kibosh on themselves. They ruined their plan. They were able to come together as a team, show spark. They were still able to get the man that they uh, that they had intended to get from the beginning of the season. And I, I just am, am so thrilled to be a Dolphins fan because everything went the way that it was supposed to go in my mind. And like you said, what's better? Quarterback 
and some protection. Like that that's that's the recipe we've been missing for so long. And they addressed with their first two picks, a quarterback and some protection. Just thrilled. Yes, and I think they're going to take some they're going to get a little more protection tonight and one of these picks they have later in the draft, a running back has to be taken. You know, I know a lot of people were talking about uh Swift, which I love Swift from Georgia at running back. You're not sold on Kalen Balage, huh? Kalen Balage. Hawk, <laughs> you could average more yards per carry than Kalen Balage. <laughs> <laughs> the only guy, and I'm not going to lie, the only guy I never heard of was Noah Igben Ogheny. I'm ready for right, this so, one, guys. I'm ready for okay, this well, What you got? I printed out from um, Cameron Wolf at ESPN. He wrote, he tweeted, for those wondering, your new Dolphins cornerback is pronounced Noah Igben Nagheny. No. All right. <laughs> I know when to fold them. I printed it out. Nope. I do. I'm staring at it. Noah Igbin Nagini. No. No. What All right. I'm, I fold my hand. Noah Igbinagini. 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 Noah Igbinagini. Here is Bob Greasy pronouncing Noah Igbinagini. Oh, no. <laughs> Igbenogany. <laughs> Here's Bob Greasy when they drafted him. Oh, no. Noah Igbenogany. Oh, no. If you missed any of the Hawk and Crowder show at all this past week, no worries. I got you. It's a tradition. Fridays, we have the Hawkman highlights, Crowder crowd pleasers, wrapping up kind of the week that was on the Hawk and Crowder show. Oh, no. Highlights. Highlights. Crowd Crowder. Crowd pleasers. Crowd pleaser. Bienvenidos al Hockey Crowder Show. Brought to you in Miami. Hi. He had appendicitis. No. He had. Singles, no parasites, no. I know what I would like to do is do a little something with you. And I was like, ugh, who wants to touch that? Hey, what are we doing here? Ay, 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 que es eso? Finally, Ikea has shared its recipe to make its Swedish meatballs at home. Really? Crowder, you want to participate in this? I know Lisa Turtle. There's a highlight. Hawk alive. Hawk alive. Really? What are you going to do special for your birthday on Sunday? Are your parents uh, ordering in food or making your favorite meal? What's, uh, do you get to stay up late? Deshaun Watson. Thank you. You look so beautiful. <laughs> Mom, I told you to wait on the dishes. That's what Donnie tells me. All they do is hire extremely experienced workers and use highly, highly, uh, highly, 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 uh, graded materials. The only thing that I'm still doing back from when I was a kid was watching porn. Huh? Two lavender smelling candles on the nightstands and I'm crawling up the bed like a lion with my shoulders rotating. Ooh. Hey, what are we doing here? You get to stay up late? Is it possible the Miami Dolphins tonight draft Joe Burrow to a tongue of Aloha and Justin Herbert and Jordan Love in the second round? You're not fooling me. Just because you think you're fooling me you're not fooling me. The same goes for your bag of bits. You bag of. I mean, what are we doing here? Ooh. 
Huh? I know what I would like to do is do a little something with you. Okay. Everyone together, we will see you at, at the, the movies. movies. I'm pleased. <laughs>Why are there sound effects like that at the end of it? There are. That's all I can basically say to you. Always a lot of fun, not just on the Hawk and Crowder Show 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe, but wrapping it up from 6 to 7 with the best of The Joe Show. Got a few more minutes, so my take on the draft. I'm not going to get all, you know, X's and O's and offensive tackles and no, 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 no. I'm going to say this. Through day one of the NFL draft, the Dolphins have drafted the most interesting named players. You got Tua Tangovaloa. There's no N in there, but yet it's Tangovaloa. And then you got Auburn cornerback Noah Igbenogany. Get used to saying that. And then they were like, okay, okay, let's take it easy on everybody. And let's draft USC offensive lineman Austin Jackson. I can say that 15 times fast. Austin Jackson. Tua Tangovaloa, Noah Igbenogany, and Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson's like... I'm probably going to get a little extra media shine over the time because people are scared to say Noah Igbenogany and Tua Tangovaloa. Hopefully Austin Jackson shines out and not to worry about that. Hopefully all of them shine out. 12 more picks. 12 more picks over the next two days possibly could be loaded. I'm excited. Tua Tangovaloa, I know I'm an LSU graduate. No hate right there. Joe Burrow went number one. Tua Tangovaloa comes here to Miami. Seems like things are going great. The smoke screen that was put up, oh, glorious. My life is like a smoke screen. Last night it was kind of a smoke screen too because, like I said, sprayed some bug repellent in my bedroom and apparently the fumes got me. I have been lightheaded enough all day. I know you're saying it's a Friday, you were partying. No, I was not partying last night. I'm going to be partying this weekend, though, basically from now until you hear me Monday at 3 o'clock on the Hawk and Crowder Show. I'm going to be celebrate good times, come on, because that's what I do on the weekends. That's how I live. You want to follow? No problem. So I'm on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Dan Day Radio. And while you're online, you might have some free time. I don't know why. Not only hit me up on Twitter, but download the podcast for this show or any of the shows you hear on this radio station. All you have to do, go to WQAM.com. That's free. Radio.com app. That's free or wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. So please stay safe. Take care of yourself. We're going to get through this. I'm not going to say together, but acting in unison because getting together could be a problem. And then one day we'll all be together at Funky Buddha, living it up with Channing Crowder passed out in the back. I am Dan Day once again. This is the best of the Joe show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.